RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Tom McAlinden. The headlines as Hong Kong enters its 17th week of anti-government protests, the Civil Human Rights Front fails to win approval for a National Day rally. A pro-government group appeals to the Education Bureau to do more to protect students from being incited to join the protests. And the outgoing head of the Monetary Authority says he's heartbroken to see the ongoing social unrest. With Hong Kong entering its 17th week of anti-government protests, the Civil Human Rights Front has failed to overturn a police ban on its National Day rally. The Front's convener, Jimmy Sham, says the appeal board agreed with police that the protests could have descended into chaos. Mr Sham said the group would cancel the planned march, adding that it's saddening that Hong Kong's people's freedoms are being further undermined. The group's vice convener, Bonnie Leung, says despite the cancellation, she believes many people will hold their own demonstrations tomorrow. We will send our blessings to all the people who will go to the streets tomorrow. And uh, we bless you. And we also urge that everybody please be safe and do not uh, make um, sacrifice. Everybody be water and be safe. China specialist Mark O'Neill says he thinks Beijing may dismiss Hong Kong's chief executive Carrie Lam following the National Day celebrations when the People's Republic of China marks its 70th anniversary. Mr O'Neill says the leadership's been consumed with ensuring tomorrow's events run smoothly, including the biggest military parade in its history. He says Beijing's extremely angry with Mrs Lam for introducing the extradition bill and failing to anticipate the opposition against it. Now the protests are going on for 17 weeks and she's not been able to find a way to stop them. So if she were a mayor of a mainland city, she would have been dismissed long ago. So it is very surprising she's still in her post. So this is why I think there may be a change after October the 1st, because they may have come up with an alternative strategy, an alternative leader, and you could dismiss Carrie Lam and you could blame her for all the things that have happened. And you could try to start a new beginning with a new leader and new policies. So this is one possible policy option for them. Pro-Beijing lawmaker Priscilla Leung's called for calm amid fears of violence escalating on National Day. She says more violence from protesters won't achieve anything except the destruction of the one country, two systems principle. Violence may escalate, in particular on 1st October. So I do call for people to calm down because escalating violence will cause difficulty to get any kind of compromise. If they want to fight for any kind of like political reform or to want to ask for uh, some of their demands, if they can calm down, they are willing to stop violence. We are willing to explore different kinds of possibilities. The Hong Kong Journalists Association's voiced concern over reports that an Indonesian journalist was injured while covering a protest in Wan Chai yesterday. At least 25 people were hurt and over 100 arrests made during the most violent clashes in recent weeks since anti-government protests kicked off in June. In a statement, the association says it will investigate the injuring of the journalist who was reportedly hit by a rubber bullet or beanbag round. The group also expressed concern about online threats made to TVB journalists. Actor Gregory Wong's reportedly been arrested on suspicion of conspiracy to commit criminal damage and forcible entry to LegCo. He was taken by police from his home this morning and has been detained at Wan Chai Police Station. The charges are believed to relate to a protest outside the LegCo complex on July the 1st when the building was broken into and vandalised. A pro-government group says has appealed to the Education Bureau to do more to protect students from being incited to join anti-government protests. 
Around a dozen mothers from Safeguard Hong Kong protested outside government headquarters, holding placards that read "No Child Soldier." They said they were saddened by the rise in the number of students being arrested at protests and were concerned that teachers are encouraging pupils to break the law. The group's con- convener, Kennedy Wong, says a 16-year-old girl was offered $2,000 by her alumni to join an anti-government march. We have handed a letter to the Education Bureau and urged the Hong Kong government to immediately increase its efforts and discuss with schools and teachers' body to、um, try to persuade and convince our youngsters, you know, not to come out to participate in unlawful events. On his last day before retiring, the outgoing chief executive of the Hong Kong Monetary Authority says he's heartbroken to see the ongoing social unrest. Norman Chan says he and his team have been building buffers for the local financial system while he's been at the helm of the de facto central bank over the past ten years. The 64-year-old says investor confidence in Hong Kong as a financial hub has been affected by violence, but the financial system has remained resilient. Despite the social unrest last few months. The monetary system—that means the exchange rate, the banking system, and the financial systems—have remained stable. Have remained stable, and they have continued to function normally and smoothly.、Uh, and that is important because the social unrest in Hong Kong will need to be resolved. The violence must be stopped. But we need to have a stable financial system, based on which the political solution can be found and achieved. I think that is crucial. Mr. Chan also admitted that property cooling measures made it harder for some people to raise enough deposit to buy a flat. But he said he didn't want to repeat of the 1997 property crash. Mr. Chan said many factors affected housing demand and prices. The most fundamental and important factor is supply of land and flats. And interest rates or mortgage rates, precisely, is only one of those factors. At the moment, the mortgage rate is below three percent. If you look at the、uh, CPI inflation, the real interest rate is pretty low, so it is a factor that should be able to support the asset market. But as you realise, the social unrest last few months have affected investor sentiment. So we have seen a slowdown in the volume of the housing market, as well as a moderate adjustment downwards of the prices. Mr. Chan's deputy Eddie Yu will succeed him from Wednesday. Official figures show property prices fell for the third consecutive month in August. The rating and valuation department said private home prices dropped by 1.4 percent, far worse than the 0.1 percent fall in July. Private rents rose 1.6 percent last month. A series of activities are being held in the capital ahead of tomorrow's national day. President Xi Jinping and other top leaders presented flowers at the Monument to the People's Heroes at Tiananmen Square. They also visited the Chairman Mao Memorial Hall and paid tribute to the founder of the People's Republic of China. The chief executive Carrie Lam's led a delegation of more than 240 people from various sectors to take part in the upcoming National Day celebrations. They include principal officials such as the Secretary for Justice Theresa Cheng and the Constitutional Affairs Secretary Patrick Nip, as well as pro-establishment lawmakers including DAB Chairwoman Starry Lee and Junius Ho. The head of various news outlets, including Yun Chiwai from TVB and the SCMP's Tammy Tam, have also been invited. 
The Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia says oil supplies could be disrupted and oil prices rising to imaginally high numbers unless the world comes together to counter the threat from Iran. In an interview with the CBS programme 60 Minutes, Mohammed bin Salman said he would prefer a political solution because war between Saudi Arabia and Iran would ruin the global economy. The heir to the Saudi throne also denied that he ordered the killing of the journalist Jamal Khashoggi by Saudi operatives a year ago, but he said he bore full responsibility as leader. When a crime is committed against a Saudi citizen by officials working for the Saudi government, as a leader I must take responsibility. This was a mistake, and I must take all actions to avoid such a thing in the future. The office of the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has denied an allegation by a journalist that he squeezed her thigh under a table at a lunch 20 years ago. Charlotte Edwards, who works for the Sunday Times newspaper, said it happened at the offices of The Spectator magazine when Mr Johnson was its editor. Here's the BBC's Chris Mason. Charlotte Edwards alleged in her column that Boris Johnson put his hand on her thigh high up her leg. She added that another woman at the lunch later told her he'd done the same to her. The Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, appeared at first to play down the claims. He said Mr Johnson has never lectured other people about their private lives. Later, though, Mr Hancock stressed he did not intend to make light of Miss Edwards' allegations. Downing Street said Charlotte Edwards' allegation was untrue, but she has now said Mr Johnson is failing to remember what happened. The Duke of Sussex says conservation is fundamental to human survival and shouldn't be dismissed. Writing in a British newspaper, Queen Elizabeth's grandson Prince Harry says humanity has to overcome greed and apathy and humans, animals and their habitats need to coexist, is the BBC's Richard Howells. In a stark warning, Prince Harry writes that within the next 10 years, if the natural order between humans and animals is not restored, environmental problems across the globe will become even more difficult to deal with. The prince says that conservation used to be an area of research driven by science, but the issue is now fundamental to the survival of humanity. He said conservation should not be dismissed as hippie, adding that it was vital to learn from past environmental mistakes. Senior aides to President Trump have been closing ranks and defending his conduct towards his main Democratic rival, Joe Biden. Stephen Miller, a key advisor, said Mr Trump was the real whistleblower in the Ukraine scandal, adding that finding the truth was in America's national interests. But the Democrat Adam Schiff said Mr Trump's conversations with other world leaders, particularly with President Putin, had to be investigated to check whether Mr Trump had been undermining national security to benefit his election campaign. If those conversations with Putin or with other world leaders uh, are sequestered in that same electronic uh, file uh, that is meant for covert action, not meant for this, uh, if there's an effort to hide those and cover those up, uh, yes, we're determined to find out. To finance now, in a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,066, 117 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $36 billion. Currencies in the US dollars trading at 107.92 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 9 cents. And the pound's worth 9 Hong Kong dollars, 63 cents. Now for sport and here's Atom Joe. We start with rugby. Hong Kong's men's sevens team have made big strides toward qualifying for the Olympics after reaching their third successive cup final in the Asia Rugby Seven Series. 
Hong Kong defeated China 24-19 in the semifinals before losing the cup match 17-12 against Japan during the third and final leg of the series in Colombo. By reaching the cup final in all three legs, Hong Kong have qualified as the top seed in the Olympic qualifiers, which will be played in South Korea on November 23rd and 24th. Next to football, Leicester City have thrashed Newcastle United 5-0 in the only English Premier League match on Sunday. The result puts Leicester up to third in the table. More from the BBC's Alan Green. Mutu could, should have put Newcastle in front after 12 minutes on a grind where Newcastle have won in the last two seasons. He didn't. Four minutes later, Pereira, a fullback, scored a lovely goal for Leicester. And thereafter, there was only one team in it, especially when Hayden was red-carded just before half-time. How many Leicester goals would follow? Four more. Two from Vardy, an own goal by Dummett, and the final one from Ndidi. Leicester are threatening to finish top four. Newcastle manager Steve Bruce was asked if he had anything to say to the fans following a poor start to the season. You can apologise, of course. And I've said many times now, you can't take them for granted. They're what the club is all about. That's what makes Newcastle this great club, the unbelievable support. The New England Patriots remain undefeated in the NFL thanks to a strong performance by their defense. In an AFC East showdown against the Buffalo Bills, the visiting Patriots caught four interceptions and held on for a 13-10 win. New England's fourth win was Buffalo's first loss after an impressive three wins to start the season. The Kansas City Chiefs are the only other team with a 4-0 record. They scored a late touchdown to beat the Detroit Lions 34-30. The Dallas Cowboys lost for the first time. They were on the short end of a defensive struggle, losing 12-10 to the New Orleans Saints. Now, the St. Louis Cardinals have clinched the National League Central on the last day of Major League Baseball's regular season. They crushed the Chicago Cubs 9-0 to secure their first division title since 2015 and will face the Atlanta Braves in a best-of-five National League Division Series. Before the game, Joe Madden announced that he will not return as Cubs manager next year. His five seasons with the club will forever be remembered for the 2016 World Series series title, which ended a 108-year championship drought for the franchise. And that's your look at sports. Awesome, Zheng there. And now to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. As Hong Kong enters its 17th week of anti-government protests, the Civil Human Rights Front fails to win approval for a National Day rally. A pro-government group appeals to the Education Bureau to do more to protect students from being incited to join the protests. And the outgoing head of the Monetary Authority says he's heartbroken to see the ongoing social unrest. That's the news from RTHK. Employees covered by the minimum wage ordinance are entitled to receive the minimum wage, regardless of their mode of employment. From the 1st of May, 2019, the statutory minimum wage is raised to $37.50 per hour. Employees with disabilities can opt for productivity assessment and receive their wages accordingly. Employees and employers should know the minimum wage ordinance. For details, call 2717-1771. A sunny morning, the smell of freshly baked pineapple buns. The ding-ding of a tram as we head to work. Neighbors laughing. 
the beguiling beauty of our harbour and skyline. This wonderful city has been built with the love and sweat of everyone. Treasure Hong Kong, our home. Welcome to the 123 show on RTHK Radio 3. I'm Cruz McCalligan with you today until 3 o'clock. On this very hot, it's 33 degrees Celsius and very hazy day, unfortunately. It's not a particularly pleasant out day out there. I will try my best not to hoik on air. Um, we've got a great show today. I'm particularly excited. Uh, we're going to be joined in the studio shortly by the Lucky and Lovely Look family who are going to be chatting to us about Dwarfism Awareness Month. Then, of course, I'm acutely aware that we are sandwiched today in Monday um, with the opportunity to be uplifting. So we're going to try and do that for the rest of the programme. Uh, but for now, to keep keep this going, we've got the Lumineers and Gloria. Show the way, get me back on 